So we're ministering today on the amazing Christian, the amazing Christian. A lot of people don't know that we're amazing. Why? A lot of Christians don't know they're amazing. But the Word of God, He says you're amazing. This is our fifth time in it, and I'd like for you to turn in your Bible with me to the book of Romans, chapter 2, Romans 2. I want to lift up the Lord Jesus this morning that keeps His Word, that is the Word and keeps His Word. That is the Word and keeps His Word. If you say you love Jesus, but you don't believe He keeps His Word, you've got a wrong perspective. You, you say you're in love with someone that you, you don't like, because anybody, anybody is only as good as their Word is. If you say someone's, their Word's no good, but they're good, you're mistaken. You're only as good, not by what you do and what you uh, 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 think about or whatever. It's only, you're only as good as your Word. So we're going to keep our word because he keeps his word. And so, yay. So, um, yay, the amazing Christian. I love this. So when you and I got born again, do you all remember when you got born again? It was a particular day or season. In my case, it was a season. And uh, I, I knew that I was after I figured out that, that you could be. But I was elevated, and you were elevated to the potential of awesome. And it's our job to exercise our potential. Y'all say amen. amen. It, it's not what somebody said you are. It's, it's your potential that you exercise. So uh, you have potential at your job. Somebody has made a deal with you that says, if you'll show up and do this kind of work, we'll pay you this much. We'll, we'll give you $40 an hour, but you got to show up. Well, I want the $40, but I want to show up. Well, there may be some problems there. Hallelujah. And the same thing with us. We have a blank check from heaven saying, you're awesome. Now just fill in awesome with your life and you'll see that it really is. We are awesome. We're awesome. The Lord said we're awesome. Well, I don't feel awesome. Well, we can't go by feelings. That's a fleshly, that's a carnal, that's an earthly uh, sensory. We don't have that sensory in the spirit. We are who he says we are. We can do what he says we can do and we have or can have what he says we can have. And that's the end of it. That's Christianity. That is the Word of God right there. That is the gospel. Everything else is just details on how that uh, plugs in. So my, I've been talking about what makes us amazing. And there's so many things, but it just goes on and on. Matter of fact, the whole New Testament is, what, what's it about? The amazing Christian, power over forces and and access to heaven, and the veil's been ripped, and we, oh, it's just over and over. But I want to talk about this morning that one of the things that makes us amazing is that we are unique people. We have an amazing support system. We have backing. Say backing. backing. You know, if you're uh, starting out in a business or whatever, uh, a new something or another you're launching out, it. Your success is a lot of predicated on your backing. And if your backing runs out, you've run out because it takes backing. Well, you and I have great backing. I want to tell you the Muslims have no backing. I'm telling you this morning. Did you know that the, the Quran has no prophetic word in any of it? The Bible, God's word, has hundreds of prophetic words and many, many, many are documented to have come true. And the rest of them are, are on the cusp, mostly to do with the return of Jesus and the 
the end times. But the Muslims have no backing. They're wandering around with a blindfold on in a room full of hatchets sticking out of the wall. They don't know what they're doing or how, when it's going to turn out. I'm telling you, the Buddhists have no backing. You're on your own, Joe. If you're a Buddhist, you're just, you're just doing the best you can with what you got right now. If you're a Hindu, dear Lord, you're having to step around cows. Cows have more standing than you do. You don't have backing. The cows have backing. Oh, yeah, cows are sacred. They're wonderful. They're beautiful. Well, we like them when they're on the plate. Medium, medium well, if you don't mind. <laughs> That's how I say they have standing. I like the center cut, please. <laughs> but in India and other Hindu places, they got, they got a bow down, there's the cow coming. They have no backing. And uh, they, these people, all of them, have to serve God for their salvation. They're not being backed. They're backing, and it's a struggle, and they're not doing very well, and they're miserable, but they think that's the system they're in. Uh, even Allah, can I be so brave to be on broadcast and talk about the Allah God of the Muslims, Islam? Uh, his, his general, best I can tell, correct me if I'm wrong or not, he's kind of saying, what have you done for me lately? Would y'all say that was a true perspective? What have you done for me lately? It's all about, you know, what you're doing, what, how you're carrying out the doctrine and how you're doing that. And, and they have no backing. They don't get any feedback from heaven. They don't get feedback from heaven. They don't get instructions from the Holy Ghost because they're, they're natural. They, they're sensory like I used to be. You used to be before I got born again. I was a natural man. And so there was no backing there. And um, as a matter of fact, they're so on their own that when they fall short, they're punished. They're cut off. They're set apart. Why else would they be in trouble? All the Why else would they do the crazy things that they think that the, their, their doctrine says they should do? Because they're after, they're after more favor. I'm here to tell you today that in the Lord Jesus, there's nothing you can do to make him like you more. There's nothing you, you can do to make him like you, make him like you less. We're in, because he's not looking at what we do or, or even our good intentions. He's looking at Jesus. He sees you and me through Jesus. And I'm telling you, we look good. <laughs> we look so good. You'll never look better than you look through Jesus. Amen. Well, in Romans chapter 2, we love this verse. I hope you have little gold stars around it. And uh, we're going to have a Bible check one of these Sunday mornings to see uh, if you have gold stars around certain verses. But it says in verse 4, Paul is talking to the church at Rome. He says, or do you despise the riches of his goodness? Despise, not just not acknowledge, not just like don't know. Do you despise the riches of goodness and forbearance and long-suffering? What's wrong with you guys? Do you despise how good God is? Well, here's how we know that you are despising. Not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth us to repentance. Not knowing. You don't know. You're, you're, you're there serving God, and you think God is mad at you and whopping you and cutting you off from this and denying you that and teaching you a lesson with this hardship. He said, you don't know that God is moving in your behalf with goodness. You don't even like God. You don't even care about God. You don't even regard God. 
But he's up there working out deals. Just uh, You ever played Scrabble? You're always working out a word, trying to get it to fit and make you 40 points. Well, God's got this great Scrabble thing going with us. It's like, how can I maximize for Deborah Ann? How, what can I do for Annette to get this thing? She's not even paying attention to me today. She is covered up. She's busy as a cranberry merchant. She's, she's, she's just, but I'm working in behalf. I'm going to put good in her path. And when she stumbles out, I shouldn't have used your name, but anyway, here we are. It's good. It's just good. I had two grandmothers. Uh, I had a lot of grandmothers, but two of them. One, they both are about the same age. They both went through the, through the depression. And, uh, and uh, one of them, her, her, she lives 60 miles away from her sons. And they, they all went by her house all the time, but because she was so close... They never stopped because they said, well, we'll get mama next time. But then this grandmother moved to Corsicana, moved seven hours away. Well, they would go see her and spend three days or something like that. And then I had another grandmother. She, uh, but no matter how little you came to see granny, when you did come, she was all about you. Let's throw in, let's throw like a party for the prodigal son. Let is, let's kill the fatted calf. And just, it didn't matter that you hadn't been there and that you'd been neglecting her. She was all out. But then I had another uh, person that she was mad when you hit the door because you had missed hitting the door more than you should. And so it wasn't pleasant. Nobody, nobody could stand to go in because you're going to have to take some licks. Do y'all know these people? Well, that's the way we treat God. God is like, it don't matter you've neglected me. It'd be good for you, not, not so much for him, but it'd be good for you if you'd come check in on me. But if you don't, we'll just start over and we'll just say, this is, this is the best I got. I'm going to be working on your behalf even if you're not paying attention to me. Despisest thou not the goodness of God that leadeth thee to repentance, to change? God leads us to change not by putting hurt on us, by putting good before us. And he's just good. He's good. There's nobody like that until they're filled with the love of God. There's nobody. Uh, in Hebrews, I speak to this light and say, go, go dim. Yes, it did. Hallelujah. So there's, there's no crisis in your life that you can point back to God and say, well, I was bad, and so God, he had his way with me. It never happened. Well, this bad thing in my life, it was God. He just got tired of me messing around. Well, he, he, you shouldn't have been messing around. I should have done better, but it never affected him. He just kept putting good in your path. And the devil, how come people don't remember the devil? How come everything that happens came from God, good or bad? Where is the devil? Well, he's there. And he, he, Hebrews 13, slip over to Hebrews 13 with you. I got another scripture here about God, you being an amazing Christian because of your backing and support. Hebrews 13. You hadn't looked at this one in a day or two. Chapter 13, look in verse 5. Now remember the word conversation means life. Let your conversation, let your lifestyle be without covetousness. And be content with such things as you have. Why? For he has said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Well, let, let me read this to you in the Amplified. The multiple choice version says that God himself has said, don't y'all love this? I will not in any way fail you nor give you up. 
nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless or forsake, nor forsake, nor let you down. Relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. Oh, we got backing, y'all. He loves us. He's supporting us. We could be prodigal all the days of our life, and he'd still be the father waiting at the road saying, come on back, son. We got good stuff here. Oh, I'm telling you. So God is, God, we're amazing because God supports us and he, and he uh, backs us. Another thing about uh, us being amazing, and I call it the paraclete. We have the paraclete. Say paraclete. paraclete. Yeah, we have the paraclete. Turn with me to 1 John. You're right there. 1 John chapter 1. We have the paraclete. We are amazing if for no other reason... And if this was all there was, it'd be enough. We are amazing because we have the paraclete. Well, what's the paraclete? Well, it's, it, it's, it depends on how it's used in the Word, but it's more than one thing. 1 John 1, 2 says, uh, uh, let me make sure I'm right here. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that, e- that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. Let me make sure that's right. That's not right. First John, let me make sure it's not 2-1. Don't you hate the computer just taking over and changing your stuff? <laughs> I hate it. Well, let me read it to you. It says, if any man sin, where is that? If, we, if any man sin... We have an advocate. That's the verse. 2-1. Okay, let's read it out of 2-1 and see if it sounds better. (laughs) I'm sorry. My little children, these things I write unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate. Say paraclete. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Most people think that the paraclete was only the Holy Spirit, but here... The Bible says that Jesus is our paraclete. Uh, and, and in the Amplified, it says, God himself has said, uh, excuse me, if any man sin, which simply means miss the mark. Now, come on, let's get sin right. Let's get the word sin right. It means to miss the mark, to fall short. Whether you aimed or not, you didn't hit it. So he says there, if any man missed the mark, we have an advocate, we have a paraclete with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Well, that's good news. That makes you amazing. Maybe you're not so amazing on your own. I'm certainly not uh, credited with anything amazing, but I got the paraclete. And suddenly my stock has risen because I have an advocate with the Father. I looked up the word advocate. It means one who pleads the cause of another. In here. How about that? It means an advocate might designate a consulting lawyer or one who presents his client's case in court or one who in times of trial or hardship administers suitable direction and support. Support. So I'm amazing. You're amazing because we have the paraclete. Yay. The word helper, y'all have seen, heard the word used as a helper. Uh, The word there means it's applied to Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and it means one that is summoned, called to one side in times of trial or hardship, and administers suitable direction and support. 
I am amazing. Oh, what makes you amazing, Michael? I have the paraclete. He never leaves me or forsakes me. Hallelujah. Uh, turn with me to Hebrews. You're right there. When I say you're right there, I mean your Bible's in your hand. Hebrews chapter 1. Hallelujah. One, another reason, I mean, here I've already given you a good reason. We have the paraclete. We have amazing a backing and support. But another reason we're amazing is because we have angels. We wouldn't want to tell this story without mentioning the angels making me and you amazing. Well, how's that happen? Ah, in so many ways. We could go to Psalm 91 where it says his angels lift you up uh, in their hands lest you even dash your foot against a stone. But the principle is in verse 14 where it says, uh, well, verse 13, to which of the angels? So we get a context there. Verse 14, it says, are they not all ministering spirits? Ministering spirits. What do they do? They are sent forth to minister for them, not to them, for them. Oh, that makes me amazing. I thought I had to dot every I and cross every T. Nope, got some angels. They're ministering for them who shall be heirs of salvation. That's, that's us. Uh, let me read this to you in the, uh, um, in the Amplified. Are not the angels all ministering spirits, servants? sent out in the service of God for the assistance of those who are to inherit salvation. Mr. Amazing, I got angels. You got angels? You're amazing. You're amazing. Take any one of these, any one of these things, and we would call you amazing by any standard, by any requirement. We'd say, pretty, pretty good. But then we got all of them. Hallelujah. Uh, in... Uh, Let's see here. Where am I? I'm not lost, but it may look like I am for a minute. The TEV, whatever version that is. It says, what are the angels then? They are spirits who serve God and are sent by him. God sends angels to help those who are to receive salvation. In other words, they make you look amazing. A matter of fact, they don't take the credit, so you come out amazing. Angels all over me. They know I need help. They, they're sure this, this boy needs help. But on the end of it, they never said, look at me, I'm Raphael, look at me, I'm Gabriel. They all just say, ah, he's amazing. He turned out amazing. Isn't God good, y'all? This is so good. It's just so good. Well, let's go another step. I'm just talking about amazing things. Christians are amazing. Another reason is because we have covenant. Couldn't miss that one, could we? Couldn't leave that out. We have a covenant with God. Now, the word covenant is also the word testament, Old Testament, New Testament, Old Covenant, New Covenant. But a covenant is the strongest form of human experience. That's what the Holy Ghost told me. And, uh, and covenant is always associated with death if it's broken. It is so strong that a form of death comes when someone endeavors to break the covenant. Even when we're married, till death do you part. Well, when the covenant's dissolved. You know, that just means it goes to the end. Well, if we're supposed to go to the end with our spouses, it doesn't happen much anymore. For a lot of reasons. We're living in a carnal society. We're pretty much unchurched. And those people, a lot of times that are churched, uh, are just taught just like the world. I could go on and on of why the divorce rate is so high. 
we, we don't pick the right mate. We picked someone that was ooh-la-la instead of uh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Y'all don't shout me down just because I'm preaching real good. <laughs> ah, there's all sorts of reasons, and God just loves us. And uh, The Bible says he hates divorce, but he loves people, so it's just no big deal. It's a big deal, but it, it's no big deal to heaven. It causes us a lot of pain. It, it, it is anguishing. It is torrential, but it doesn't affect heaven at all. He loves us as much on that side of divorce as he did on this side. He, and he, he doesn't diminish anything. He's, he's full strength. But uh, I want to turn to Hebrews chapter 8. You're right there. Look at chapter 8. Look in verse 6. We're in covenant. We are in covenant with God. We, you are in covenant with God. And right there, right there, no, say no more, go no further. You are amazing. Because God is big. And he can get things done. And he's on our side. And then he said, then he says, it won't be to my whims and my pleasure and how I'm in my mood today or how the, how the weather. He said, I'm in covenant. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm going to stick with you closer than a brother. It'll always be the same figured out, and that's the standard. And it says in, in Hebrews chapter 8, let's look in verse, verse 6. It says, but now hath he obtained talking about a high priest, our high priest, but now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry, Lord Jesus, by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. So there was an old covenant. It's the best God could do with no redeemer. So he just, he just paid the interest on the note every year, with the blood of bulls and goats, and just made the note. He just renewed the note against us with sin every year. But then Jesus came, and he paid off the debt. <laughs> so no more are we sin conscious. All right, we got to get the high priest to go in there. We'll tie a rope around his foot in case he doesn't make it, in case he's not pure, and we'll drag him out because you can't be in the presence of God and not have certain things going on. But ah, he went in every year for us. But now we, he went once and for all. He did the job. It's finished. And now we're in covenant. And because you didn't make the covenant, it was between the Lord Jesus and the Father and on our behalf. But since you didn't make it, you can't break it. That's the biggest argument for salvation not being temporal or moody. It's like, I hate to say it, once saved, always saved. But that's the truth. I was made into a new creation. You were changed. And we can't just go back. We can't just go back to being a sinner once you're changed. It's not like, well, we, we added a turbocharger to this car. We changed it. Uh, we, we, excuse me, we added to it. And it'll go real fast. But if we take the turbocharger off, this Volkswagen's going to still just go 48 miles an hour. <laughs> no, that's not. We didn't get a turbocharger. Everything was taken out and put in new. Praise God. So let's talk about that covenant just for a moment. Got to hurry here. You know, I always got to hurry. <laughs> Number one, the power of sin was broken in the covenant. The power of sin. Now, if Christians knew this, they'd live their lives completely, absolutely turn around different if they knew that the power of sin 
was broken. The power of sin was fixed. Jesus solved the sin problem. He's not working on it. He's not doing with the best he can. He's not looking at you and me saying, well, we, got, we need a little more juice on that one, uh, 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 Nellie Mae. We, you have done cross the line of what we appropriated. We're going to have to go back and see if we can fix that one. He has solved the sin problem. And there's nothing you can think about, do, or have done that bothers it because he fixed it. The covenant fixed the sin problem. Jesus solved it. I want you to turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Is this okay we do this this morning? Talking about how amazing you are? Because you might get some news this morning that you didn't really have in your repertoire in library. You might find out you're more amazing than you even thought because you can't feel it. There's, you, can pe- you can feel the pain of rejection and the, the pain of disappointment, but you can't really feel the, the, uh, the, uh, the glory of being born again and how awesome you are. So we have, to, we have to put it in with the Word and let faith live by faith and not by feeling. Because I don't feel forgiven every day. I don't feel like my sin is just a little thing. Sometimes I feel like I have, I have struck out. And so they gave me a free pitch, and I struck out at that one too. But it says here in 2 Corinthians, now there's three covenants, three covenant benefits, I should say, to what the Lord Jesus did for us. He solved the sin problem. He solved the sickness and pain problem. And he solved the shortage and lack problem. And he did it with covenant. And when you do it with covenant, if you, if you study the blood covenant in the Old Testament, it's always an exchange. One party, the greater, exchanges what he or she has for another party that's lesser and more weak. And there's an exchange there saying, I will give you what I have, and you give me what you have. And it's, it's an exchange, and one identifies with the other, If it was two tribes in the Old Testament, one would make a covenant with the other and say, if Bubba Joe over here attacks you, we will come over here and defend you like they attacked us. And if if Bubba Joe comes over here and attacks us, we need you to load up and come over here and help us. It was a covenant, and it was a strengthening, and it was an infusion of life. Two is better than one. Well, God looked at us and said, isn't that a pitiful mess? Didn't Adam really mess it up? He mucked it up. But we're just going to exchange. I'm going to send Jesus, and we're going to exchange heaven for earth and take in earth to heaven. Well, why would you do that? It's the love of God that fixes us, not our conduct. And therefore, our conduct is not used to dismiss us. It says in um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, look in verse 17. Therefore... Here's our covenant scripture. This is what makes us know it's a covenant. You see the exchange here. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. And here's the benefits. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. The Amplified says, therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ. Could I have a show of hands of us engrafted ones, us engrasted ones? Uh, He is a new creation. A new creature to altogether, the old, previous, moral, and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. Yay. Let's look in verse 21. 
because this is the exchange scripture. I said that wrong a while ago. It's 21 is the exchange. This is your covenant promise that the sin problem has been solved. It says, for he has been made, he hath made him to be sin for us. There's the exchange. He hath made him to be sin for us. Who was it? Who knew no sin? Right there, Jesus is in the verse. Who knew no sin? What was the result? That we might be made, in exchange, the righteousness of God in him. The sin problem is solved. The, sin, the power of sin is broken. And you, you got to get over it. you got to get over your mess-ups and your mistakes. you got to quit crashing every time that you mess up and you're no good to anything for five or seven days, however long you think God's still musing on it and sulking about it, about what you and I did. Yeah, we did it, and it wasn't right, but it didn't hurt God. It hurt us, but it didn't hurt God. So get over it. If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from what? All unrighteousness. That's in our head. That's in our soul. That's not in our spirit. We're righteous down here. We cannot become unrighteous when we sin. We do not fall from grace when we sin, but our head is guilty. We're condemned in our mind, our soul, and we have to be forgiven in our soul. That means we have to agree with God. It was bad, but the blood of Jesus cleanses me from all unrighteousness, and I'm as free now as if I, what, never sinned. you got to put that on. You will have no victory without that. You, you will up and down, hiring a kite, you're doing good, and you're going to church and reading the Bible and singing songs, and then the neighbor throws his beer cans over the fence, and you just blow it up, just blow it up. You just like, I can't take it anymore. And you burn this fence down. <laughs> and all these dogs come over and they're in your yard now. So it's just, it's crazy how we react because we don't know that concept. We don't know we're in covenant because we go by condemnation. Romans 8.1 says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death is he who sins shall surely die. Well, that's not us. Amen. Now, the, the amplified in verse 21. Oh, listen to this. Y'all, this is premium when your car is used to regular. This is premium. Hallelujah. For our sake, he made Christ virtually to be sin. Who knew no sin? So that in and through him, we might become endued with, viewed as being in, and examples of the righteousness of God, what we ought to be, approved and acceptable in the right relationship with him by his goodness. Now, that's pretty wordy, but the truth is, the distillation of that is, we're free. Don't, don't go sin because we're free, because it'll hurt you. Sin hurts us. It hurts us when we sin. Hurts our feelings. It stops us. We don't get bold. We won't go lay hands on the sick. We won't believe God in a clutch because we're condemned. It hurts us to sin, but it didn't hurt heaven. Heaven's fine because Jesus has already taken care of it in advance. If you go into a restaurant and you order the big, the, the, the big boy breakfast, I've done that a time or two, and sure enough, it's big. <laughs> And, uh, and you go to pay out, and you go, man, this is going to cost. 
and, and they say, ah, you've already been paid out. Somebody stepped in here and paid you out. Well, that's a happy day. Well, we've been paid out. The big boy breakfast, I might add. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. Well, let's see if we got time. we got just a minute. Let's do this. The second attribute of the covenant is that sickness, the power and the curse of sickness is broken. Well, I don't feel too good. It's not because the, the, the covenant is weak. It's because we are weak. So we have to change our mind. Jesus solved the pain problem. There's a lot of pain in this world. But heaven thinks, listen, heaven thinks that he fixed it already. Oh, God, if you love me, you'll come down and help me. He did love you, and he did help you. He's not sending anything or anybody or any resources to help you. He thinks he fixed it already. Well, that's a hard pill to swallow because we feel so bad. And we have people that actually die in our, in our families and our friends that die from sickness. And you go, well, God, if you, like, like uh, Mary and Martha, if Lord Jesus, if you had been here, he, Lazarus would not have died. And that's what people say all the time. Well, if you'd come down and helped us, we wouldn't have been sick or died. He did. It says in Isaiah 53, we don't, God, we don't have time for this. We'll just, we'll just leave it right there. Yeah, we'll have to leave it right there because we're going to take the Lord's table right now. Amen. Um, I will tell you this. You are so amazing that you can't even get your head around it. We have to know how amazing we are with our faith, with our spirit man. You can't assimilate you can't assimilate when God began and, and how he's going. You can't assimilate the love of God with your head. Nobody can do that. You have to get around it with your faith man, with your spirit man. And that's what we do. That's what we were created to do is not live by our heads, our senses, but to live by the greater one in us. And so you have to accept it by faith. I am amazing. I am some kind of hot shot. <laughs> I got this thing handled. I'm on the upside of this. Greater is he that is in me than everything else. You got to get that in. You go, what's my job as a Christian? Get that in. Everything else will flow if you get that in. If you, if you come to terms with your faith, with who you are, what you can do, and what you can have. Everything else, the, this whole thing, that's all it's saying. That's all this thing is. It took, what, how many books? 39 books in the New Testament or whatever. 23, 17, 4. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know. I ought to know. I used to know, but I don't know now. There's several. But all of that is just to tell us you're a covenant man, you're a covenant woman, and everything is turning out amazing. That's all you got to know. You don't have to know, well, you know, how, can you divorce in the New Testament? And, and who were Cain's sisters and, and uh, the chicken and the egg? None of that. Being healed has nothing to do with what we've done. Well, I've been bad to the bone. I've been mad to the marrow of the bone. I've been so bad. God can't heal me. He doesn't. He does, it's not even on the list. Everything has to do with what he did. So our whole job is to take us out of the picture. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. I'm in Christ Jesus. If I don't know anything, I know I'm in Christ Jesus.
And if you don't go to church, if you don't read the Bible, if you're not around folks like that, you'll be condemned. Because they'll say, God's in a killing mood. And he's looking at you. <laughs> That's what you'll say. You'll think. You'll, the devil will put it in you and you'll go, there's no way I'm coming out of this. The truth is, and I'll, I'll quit with this, sickness cannot legally touch you and me. Cannot touch us. Legally. But you know what the key is? You have to stand your ground. You have to enforce the Word of God. you got to outlast the persecution. you got to outlast the symptoms. you got to outlast them. It's not like, well, doesn't God know? Doesn't God care? It's kind of tricky. Sickness and disease and pain are kind of tricky. Not really. But sometimes it's able to last and linger and, and bring manifestations because we just don't know enough sometimes. But if you'll just stay steady that says... The sin problem is solved, and the sickness and pain problem is solved. There is nothing heaven's going to do, nothing else it's going to do to fix, to, to, to rescue me. Uh, you go, oh, God, you've got to come help me. You're right. He needed to come help us. So he did. And Jesus stood on Pilate's whipping post and took it. We'll talk about it next week. He took it. And every one of them was for us. So there's nothing left for him to do. It's all up to me to be a covenant man and believe that what is his is mine and what, bless his heart, what's me is his. <laughs> bless his heart. There's nothing else to know. You can, and, and the waves of this world will wash over you and try to move you out of that stance, out of that position because of feelings, because of knowledge, because of experience, because of testimonies of others that said, well, God put me through the mill. This straightened me out. After he put me through old Billy, I straightened out and walked the life. So it must have been God. <laughs> you just didn't like hurting. So you straightened up. Had nothing to do with the devil. So yay. Let me tell you, you right now are just as healed as anyone that's in heaven. Now, how sick are they up there? You think the whooping, you think the flu's going around in heaven? I don't think so. You go, well, that can't be. Heaven's perfect. Everything that's in heaven, it, we're the same as heaven, except there's no devil in heaven, and therefore there's no sin in heaven. Well, we've been given faith to be both of those. Have power over the devil, don't we? And we have power over sin. Sin is not something that has to happen. You can go all day long without sinning. All day. And then when you close out that and put your little pumpkin head on the pillow and wake up the next morning, you can go all that day without sinning. Well, no, we have to sin. We walk by faith and not by sight. So we're going to take the Lord's table this morning. Thank you for tuning in to us today, broadcast. We're going to be here next week, and, but we will not be here Wednesday, but we will be here next Sunday. And then we will begin Wednesday night again. So God bless you for tuning in. Thank you so much. Amen.